Well, well hey, hey howdy, howdy hey welcome, welcome to, to the texans, texans take all right, right we're back we're all over here just sipping on wine what 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 do, you, what do you got for today it's not your normal wine what is no it? i was rushing because i knew i needed to like get back to the house yeah it's called vela it's a merlot huh. but basically it looks like it's not the same thing as that other it, it's the same it's box. not franzia it's it's, it's, franzia. A, it's a box wine it's a it's a you know a cheaper it's wine. The same size box as franzia yeah it's no just... it's, and it's right next to it and yeah. what got me is the colors are the same and i was looking at merlot uh-huh. so the merlot box of franzia looks just like that yeah that's what i was saying is they look like they're the same and i've been company. getting the merlot just have yeah different you know <laughs> i don't know it's weird the wine is definitely different um yeah. but that must just be a Which standard. Is, so it's really funny from size. my end is when I went to. Yeah, I think so. When I went to go grab it, the first thing I noticed, is I was like, oh, that's a dollar cheaper. Huh. Must have a sale going on. Moved on with my life. Didn't think about it again until. Allie brought up the the little knob and I was like, oh, maybe. Maybe they just made that cheaper and that knocked off like a dollar and. Sure. You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe it did. Um, I know some things that I make, if I make it a certain way, I can make it, you know, less a little expensive. Bit cheaper, yeah. Um and then when I don't know if it was you or her that said, Oh, this isn't the normal stuff, I went, Oh, that, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Silly me. I mean, honestly, it kind of looks like when you have a, a merger in a car company or like one one car company buys another one, like when Ford bought Aston Martin, and then made and then the as soon future. as he's and then you just see this car driving down the road, and you're like, that looks like an Aston Martin, but it says Ford. They look kind of the same. It's kind of the same thing. You pick this up, and it's like, oh, it looks like Franzia. Oh wait, wait, that's not Franzia. Wait, what is this? Oh, okay, it's a dollar cheaper. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like an Aston Martin. It's like. Ah, it's an Aston Martin. No, no, it's not. It's a couple thousand cheaper. It's a Ford. What? You know, <laughs> that was always funny buying Aston Martin, and they they really just bought. I I feel I have no facts mm-hmm. on this, but I feel they just bought them so that they could uh, rip designs. Yeah, yeah. Because they they bought them, they didn't own them long, and then they yeah. sold them. I, yeah. I I agree. But no, this wine is actually pretty good. It's a Merlot um honestly i hate to say it but as far as wines go i probably am not a very good connoisseur because one of my favorite types of wine seems to be just like generic red blend <laughs> like <laughs> that's like that, to me it feels like the redneck you know like you know dad always said that you can never take two three four however many lesser whiskeys and blend them to get a superior whiskey but that's what every blended whiskey is trying to do mm-hmm. you know um and so whenever i see i don't know if it's the same deal but whenever i see a red blend on wine and i like it i'm like did they take cheaper reds and just mix them together or is this just the red that they didn't have a classification for so they called it a red blend a lot of them from what i understand and i could be wrong but uh, I've been told more than once that kind of what it is is when they actually are making wine and they have X amount of the actual um, grapes left over, they just kind of all put them together. Huh. And that's that's their classification of a red blend. Interesting. Is they don't have enough to do one of anything specifically, 
but they have enough to do. Just kind just, of mush them all yeah. together. Now, I mean, because there are different types of grapes from what I was. There are. You know, now, you have different. Something I've always wondered is, we'll probably look but this I don't up know. for the I've next never... episode or something. But I've always wanted to, like, you know, so you've got Merlot, you got Chardonnay, you got Pinot Grigio, you got blah 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 blah. blah. A lot of these standard types of wine, like you mm-hmm. know, it's like you know, oh well, you know. I just picked this up. It's a cab, so I figured it can't be too bad, you know. And my question is like, okay, cool, you know. They're all different red wines. What what kind of makes them well, different from you the know? Others? Merlot was a grapes? really, really, really dry wine for the most part. Okay, so they're just like general classifications for the end result of right. the same grapes. That that I'm not a hundred percent sure about. I don't know if there's different grapes. I know there are different types of grapes that are used in different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like but if, shine... if there's a specific type yeah. between reds, I'm not 100% sure how they That's my utilize question. that. Can you, you use know, the a same cab is going to be dry, but it yeah. does have some body to it. So can you use the same grapes and get a cab and a Merlot? I'm, that I don't know. That's kind of what I'm looking for. I don't know. I mean, I can but, look it up. Yeah, I don't see why not. That'd be kind of cool to know. I'd be interested. But this is pretty, you know, it's not terrible. It's not my favorite wine. This would be a decent table wine. I'd serve it to somebody if, you know, I was trying to get rid of it um but oh it's funny i said that your box says merlot american table wine (laughs) so i was right i hit the nail on the head um but i mean you know it's decently it's not crazy about medium sweetness um medium sweetness on the light end of medium i guess and it's got a a little bit of a tanginess, kind of a um, bit of a tartness. But when I say tart, I kind of mean tart like, you know, when you eat a blackberry. Sometimes you'll get a blackberry that's just like, you know, a mild, sweet berry. Most of the times, though, you get a blackberry, you take a bite, and the first taste is just like, ooh, that mm, kind of tart, you know. And then the sweetness and stuff kind of rolls in later. And this is kind of the same way. It's not like a, it's not like a strawberry or something where you take a bite and it's just sweet or kind of a flat flavor all the way through. There's really no tartness to it. Sometimes raspberries are kind of like, you know, blackberries. You can eat them and they've got a little bit of a sourness or a tartness to them. That's kind of what, what's coming out in this Merlot. So to me, it just tastes very... Kind of cheap wine berry like, but it is good, you know. What? What? I feel I feel very 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 naive at this moment. Like, oh dear! Is Merlot there something? Is the grape they use? Okay, so that's what I was wondering. <laughs> if it, that's what I was wondering. If is it is it is it a grape type? Yes, it and is it is the a grape, grape type. type. Okay, so that does that mean that there are Chardonnay grapes? Yes. That's yes. So okay, so the general classifications are not general. They're just like the grape that they use. And it's it's the way it's the grape predominantly used. Some of them okay. have others mixed in to give them the different flavors. But the predominant grape in each one of those is going to which be what means that the grape as. that they use, like for Merlot, is going to give it a Merlot a dry, drier. Yeah. Okay. And then Chardonnay is going to okay, cool, cool. And then Cabernet is the same yep, way. Cabernet Sauvignon is a. Uh, it's a great. Okay. That is, see, there you go. Commonly found in the Napa Valley area of California. There you go. Now, I, I kid you not, 
I will probably go home and kiss my lovely wife. And then whenever she actually listens to the podcast, she'll be like, you know, you didn't know that? Like, why didn't you ask me? Or have I'll just be like, well, you know, I know some things and you know some <laughs> things. And together we just make an amazing person, you know? <laughs> Collectively, together, we are one person. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. But anyway, you know, this is. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah, because but I have been told more than one occasion the red blend is you know when they don't have enough of one type, which I guess that and is so they just use a bunch of different grapes of the red grapes. Yes, that's hilarious. I love that. That's so cool. I didn't know. Now it makes so much more sense when I've been told this. So now wait a minute. So with white wine, what I've heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, what I've heard is that they just take the skins off the grape and don't process that, or maybe they just take the skins out early. And so you don't get the tannins and stuff that make, you know, because from what I understand, it's the the skin that makes the the, the wine red. And so that's kind of why I was like, you know. So that if you use a Merlot grape for a red wine, can you have a, a use a Merlot grape for a white wine, too? I, I don't really know. See, I just don't know about Chardonnay wine. Chardonnay is a white wine. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's that's where I was. I oh, was I really, never thought about that. I was confused. Was no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Usually, I don't think about like like all these general names and stuff for wine. I see. Like, I don't drink white wine, so you've never had it with me. It's today. I was today years old when I found out for sure, legit, that it's the type of grape that you use. And if I thought about that's this is one of my questions in there. I just I can't take any credit because I didn't have a solid idea. I thought it was like maybe the way. Well, you I didn't want to misstep. I wanted to make sure I read that before I said, but yeah. No. But I guess you're right. Chardonnays are white. The only time I have ever had, I've only ever had white wine on two occasions. The first one, it was a cheap wine that somebody just offered me, and I really have this thing when people offer me something and I'm at a an event, I will accept. Sure, I don't. I don't sure. like anyone feeling like I've just dissed whatever they give me, yeah. and so I'll sip on. I may sip on it all night. <laughs> right it may be a you know there i don't might be a plant in the corner that gets watered exactly for you know, <laughs> drunk plant you know i've never seen a drunk plant before i wonder it's when what they're weeping would... you know <laughs> they kind of got to weep and yeah. get up again and just it's like, like oh i notice this after every time i have a party this one weeps yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh <sighs> and so so i you know i've done that but the one time that i intentionally bought white wine <clears throat> was the day I introduced Ali to sushi because oh. sushi, the flavors of sushi can be enhanced by white wine, white wine. Yeah. Um, and so and Chardonnay it, is actually what we had to, I don't enjoy our sushi. with. I don't know evening. if it really counts, but like, you know, usually for sushi, uh, traditionally, whatever you want to call it, sake, sake works best with, she didn't sushi. like the idea of a warm wine. And so, well, see, I always wondered about that because there's I didn't like want to push sake, it too far. but I've also heard hot sake. So I don't know if you can have cold sake and hot sake. Usually at like a restaurant or something, you'll get hot sake and it's hot, obviously. Yeah. But I've like, only ever had it hot. I like it. I don't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I've had it both ways and it was good both ways. Um, but, you know, sake is rice wine. And so it's going to be white. And I have no idea if that means anything about the, you know, having it with the sushi or not but uh um, i mean i it'd be, i'd be worth trying i'd be worth trying it again yeah you know yeah um, yeah see that's the only time i would have a white one that's the only time i've intentionally offered it bought to it. me 
or they didn't have a red wine. Granted, if they had red wine and white wine, I'm going to take the red wine. Because I just, I, I just have you always know. held the belief that white wine is kind of trash wine. You know, it goes straight to sugar before it even goes into any part of your body. And I think, you know, though you can have a dry white wine, not healthy I think you, you can have a dry white wine. They're usually predominantly maybe sweeter. Oh, way sweeter. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually never had one that I just went out there and said, oh, I'd love to just buy that again. Yeah, um, the only yeah. reason I bought the one that I got for Allie and I was because I wanted to get her on Team Sushi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is one thing I did while I was in Texas. Sushi? My si- no, my, yes, because my sister and I both love sushi. Nice. And um, though my sister... Huh? Are you two the only ones in the We were. Family? We were. Okay. So my sister has, has told me... Um, more than once. In fact, every time we talked about it on the phone, yeah. it would come up that mom just doesn't like sushi. And I said, okay. My mom's the same way. I can change that. Ah, and she sweet. said, no, you can't. I okay. said, yes, I can. Right. I can change that. Challenge accepted. And uh, so I went and uh, I bought a whole bunch of sushi. It was really horrible because the guy came up to get our order. Mariah has no in, no idea of what my intention is here. Mm-hmm. And she gets her this and that. And I said, do you have your pen ready? And he said, I've, I've got this. And I said, okay, I want two of those, two of those, two of those, one of those, three of those, two of those, two of those. And he goes, hold on, let me go get something to write down with. I said, I thought so. Then my sister goes, where are you planning on putting all of that? And I'm like, I have plans. I'm going to eat most of it here. I want some for tomorrow morning because I'd like to wake up and eat some sushi for breakfast. Nice. And I'm going to get mom on the sushi wagon. She goes, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. I am. Guess and, what today's uh, mission is, and <laughs> guess who accomplishes missions? I came home. I told my mom. I said, "Try that." Oh, it's sushi. I don't want it. I said, "That's not what I said." Try it. <laughs> and... I like it. It's good. <laughs> and you, you, you didn't, you didn't understand what I said. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like hinting that you might or might not like it. I actually said, "Try it." That was there was not a question there. <laughs> And it was sushi light. It was California rolls. Nice. And which uh, at I don't know if this is that way across the board, but at uh, at um, sake sushi anyway, the California roll has avocado and crab. It's yeah, the fake crab. Yeah, yeah. It's the I forget what fish they use for that, but it it is really. It's not actually crab. No, no. Really? No, it's not crab. Huh? I didn't know that. <clears throat> no, it's uh, it is actually. Uh, I forget the fish that they use in that. Uh, we could look that up real quick. Well, then why do they call it crab? Isn't that false advertising? Everyone knows. Oh, well, I'm not everybody, apparently. I guess that's a good thing. Crab doesn't keep very well as sushi. Yeah. So now, my wife will eat sushi. See, like this recipe right here says crab. If it's cooked. This one right here says that they use crab. Uh-huh. I'll have to ask the waiter next time at Saki Sushi. Is it real crab? Because, yeah. If, is it real crab? Kinda, might get a little crabby if it's not. Imitation crab. And it is, uh... <clears throat> Pollock. It's wild Pollock. Alaskan Pollock. Well, that actually sounds Im- good. Imitation crab is what it's called when you when you incorporate into things and call it crab. Uh-huh. It's called imitation crab. Mm-hmm. Um, most people like it, I think, because it doesn't have that fishy taste. Yeah. Um, 
It just I, it, I it's very less yeah, it's less gamey, so you can get away with more. Mm-hmm. I also think it holds better in the sushi, from what I've been told. Uh, but some so, places may have crab, and most of the ones I have tried do not have crab. It's usually imitation crab, and that's why I've always called it sushi lights. It's kind of you're not and you're really not you're taste. not opposed to the no crab. You're just being realistic about it. it's not actually crab. Yeah, no, I'm not opposed okay. to. Okay, I, I would prefer it have real crab. Uh, I have no problem with either one. I think they both taste good because uh, yeah. I've I've ordered stuff with crab. So obviously I yeah. don't know just because I've always been told that most places just have imitation crab. Um, so I was kind of speaking from the hip there. Yeah, I, yeah there yeah. might be places that do. I don't know. But yeah. I know in 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 what I've found to be kind of a standard is imitation. it's not really crab. OK, but continue. Um, You're telling about your mom. Yeah. So uh, mom tries it. She goes, oh, this is really good well that was easy and i said okay and she goes but does this and i I already told her this was sushi light you know so she did not know what it had in it yeah uh and quite literally she was sitting in a dark room so best this was great and so i said okay hang tight i'll be right back and so i go and i grab an alaskan roll nice so alaskan roll is a good step for anyone who doesn't know salmon it uh it is it i believe it's whiting uh, I could be wrong, but I know it. It actually, the one we had is salmon. Okay, I know that because I specifically asked for it in salmon. Mm-hmm. Um, because I prefer to stick with salmon tuna. That's just sure. the way I yeah. like it. Uh, but Alaskan rolls have um, essentially the same. It's the same idea as a California roll, cucumbers. Okay, um, yeah, that kind of thing. So it's very light. Yes, yes it doesn't. Yes. It's not overpowering to you. Yeah. And so I brought her that. Oh, this is really good. Like, okay, yeah. Well, okay. I'm on a roll here. Let's just let's Sushi up roll. the ante. <laughs> and I brought her some spicy su- some spicy salmon. Which the spicy salmon and the spicy tuna. Uh, oh yeah. Yes. I know. Allie so makes good. the best. Yeah, she makes the best. Oh, I, they're just so I, good. And it's bad when I now go to a sushi place and I order there. It's just not as good. It's just not as good. Nice. So That's good. Um, anyway, so I. Oh, this is amazing! I never knew sushi tasted like this. And I said, okay, now I just want you to have the normal, regular sushi. And I just gave her a salmon roll. I said, try this. Yeah. Of course, like my that? sisters in the other room just didn't disbelieve. Like, how's he doing this so easy? Yeah. You know, and then my mom was like, could you put some of this in a container for me to take to lunch tomorrow? And I said, yes, I can. Easily done. Yeah. So. Wow. uh, Nice. Left there with my mom liking sushi. Way to go. So, you know. Well, cheers, man. I mean, that's about what y'all had to do to me. You do realize that, right? Between you you and Clayton. I, I did not do it. Now. No, it was Clayton, but you, you were kind of every occasionally in the background going. You need to try it. It's really good. Trust me, I was a disbeliever too, try but now it, I'm a believer. It, you know, and then Clayton's like, eat it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clayton's like, you know, stop being a sissy. You you think you're a man. Maybe it's time for you to test that and actually eat something you think you don't like. You know, and it's horrible. Over over the last <laughs> several over the last couple of years, I have spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on sushi. Oh um, gosh, I love sushi. Because so then because then it got bad. I was at, I, I worked in Brevard mm-hmm. and <clears throat> right down the road from the dealership was a sushi place. Yeah. And so three times a week I was getting a good four rolls yeah. 
for lunch, you know. Yeah. Actually, uh, the last time I went to Saki Sushi, uh, we had uh, uh, Zach was in town. Zach. Uh, uh, Levering. Levering, yeah. yeah. And he took us out for uh, sushi. And so, well, actually, he didn't get sushi. He got their hibachi. Um, but I got sushi. And this is the first time that for myself, I ordered just sushi. Usually, I'll get a plated curry something or other mm-hmm. or teriyaki steak or chicken. Um, and then I'll get some sushi on the side. This time, I just got the sushi. Oh, so good. Well, that's like Mariah so, did so not good. even get. You know, I ordered Got this like three or four rolls mountain of sushi at the restaurant, which yeah. it put my sister in disbelief. She was like, "They came out and like almost had to fill up two tables for us." Yeah, and I'm just sitting here sipping on my Long Island iced tea. And, yeah, and nice. waiting, let you know, just watching them bring the food over. And she's just like, this is something else. Now, uh, and meanwhile, she is not eating sushi. Yeah. She was just eating her little, they offer a kind of a mixed bowl. You mix and match, put whatever kind of meat you want, and they cook it, oh, and then cool. they bring it out to you. And uh, and she was just like, can I have a couple pieces of sushi? And I was like, uh, yeah. I've got plenty. I mean... <laughs> The the waiter was just not prepared for that large of an order uh, with only two people. I think that's what set him off. Was he yeah. was just like, but it's just the two of you. <laughs> so the funny thing about sushi is it's really a mental game because the one reason why I think a lot of people don't like sushi is primarily you don't want to like it. And the reason is because there's raw fish in there. That's my mom's reasoning. That's that it. was it. It's that was my it reasoning. Was also my reasoning. My reasoning was twofold, threefold. My reasoning was threefold. It was one, I don't like the idea of raw fish. Two, which is arguably one of the most healthy things you can ever put two, in your mouth. Two, I don't even really like fish. So there's that. Three, I don't really like um I don't really like uh, the seaweed. So a lot like, of people have problems with that. That actually I was like how me. do you add all of those together with rice and like no, I'm not. No, no. So I never tried it. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually. I try. I wanted to like seaweed. So I ate a couple of pieces of seaweed and stuff just because I wanted to like it. And it was actually OK. I still didn't really care for it. But, see, that's that part's never bothered, you me. know, but we were out of the Outer Banks and, you know, it was actually Clayton was like, oh, man, you should try some sushi. And I was just like, no. He's like, yeah, why not? You know what you got to lose. And everybody else is kind of like, yeah, sure, you should try some sushi. And I was just like, so I thought it looked fun to make a roll. So I made a roll. I had stuff in there and the raw fish. And I was kind of like, I'm just going to man up. I'm just going to try it. And what I did not calculate, what I did not add into the equation. Is how much you were going to like it. Was normal sushi. You could just eat it straight and it's good that way. But you can dip it into soy sauce and or... Wasabi. Um, well, wasabi, yes. We didn't have wasabi at the time. Horseradish. Well, no, I was going to say some like spicy mayo. No, I was about to say that's what most, well, that's made of horseradish. And so I stacked everything in my favor. And I also really like, uh, what's it called? Uh, the pickled ginger. Love pickled okay. ginger. So that I stacked everything in my favor. I made, the, I made the sushi. I took a piece. I dipped it in. No, I poured... Uh, soy sauce on top. I dipped it in the spicy mayo, and then I put a thing of um, 
the pickled ginger on top. And then I put it in my mouth and tried to bite. And my mouth just went to heaven. Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so good. God forgive me for not trying this earlier. <laughs> for you know? I have sinned. And that was my gateway drug because I still didn't like just the straight sushi by itself too mm -hmm. much. It was okay. You know, but I really liked it with all the sauces and stuff. Well, you just use a little bit less sauce and stuff like that, you know, and it, you, you get to where you actually like the sushi by itself. Mm -hmm. And so there's two people now, three people that I'm going to try to work on sushi wise. One is dad because dad just doesn't like fish, which is fine. That's OK. I don't either. Not not for the most part. If you turn your dad. That'll be an interesting one because I don't see that happening. I, I, I don't see that happening either. But, you know, he. He just doesn't like the idea of raw fish and sushi. Is I didn't just too weird for him. It's just too weird for him. And see, like you, I've never Mom, really taken to fish as much yeah. either. And also, know? dad's not dad's OK with a lot of exotic foods. But like with some with with anything that's exotic, but has fish in it. Dad's like not not even going to do it. You know, um, now mom likes fish. She likes fish. She just doesn't like the idea of sushi because it's raw fish. And I'm like, OK, we can work with that. You know, and so I'm working on. I only mom. have one bridge to cut down. You know, and um, here's the gateway drug. Um, at Saki Sushi, they have the Godzilla roll, and I'm working with my wife on this one because they didn't have a Godzilla or the Superman roll in Texas. They had a uh, an Aggie roll though. Oftentimes they'll just call it a different name. Yeah, I think that's what styles. it was. So my wife will not eat the raw fish. She's just like completely against that. She is again it to the to the extreme. And I'm like, all right, all right, I can work with that. And so she will actually eat the Godzilla roll at Saki Sushi because the tuna is actually cooked. I don't know how much they cook it, but it's actually it's actually cooked. Um, and I don't know if they cook it ahead of time and then fry it, but this roll is actually deep fried. So maybe the deep frying is what cooks it. I do not know. But whatever the case is, the meat is slightly cooked. Now, they take the roll. They make the roll with the tuna inside. They deep fry it. They, 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 they put a layer of, I think, uh, rice batter on uh, all around it. Mm -hmm. And then they deep fry it. And it's really good. It's got this incredible crunch to it. It's kind of like the uh, onion ring batter. And then it's got spicy mayo on top they've got a couple other things on top and then they put um uh salmon roe on top of that was just like salmon eggs it's like cheap caviar or something it's really right. good then they put that on top then they put a couple other things on top and then they serve it and it is just so good which is why it costs so much because it's like 12 15 dollars a roll or something maybe not that much maybe it's like Anyway, it's it's more expensive anyway, but it's so good. And Juliana actually really likes that. Every time I order it, she's like, could I have a piece? And I'm like, you bet. So she gets a piece. She's like, can I have two pieces? I'm like, you bet, honey. And then she's like, can I have another piece? And I'm like, now look here. I need some. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. leave me, leave me a little bit. Oh that's dear. right. That's right. That's right. Well, we are almost out of time for this section. So we're going to take a break right here and we we'll will be, be right, right back. back. We are, we are back. back. All righty. All right. So let's see here. Let's see here. All right. So um, while my computer starts up because I waited too long and turned off. All right. We're back. Um, So what are we talking about today, ladies and gents? Well, today we are talking about uh, Proverbs 31. 
And man, hold on. Let me do a little bit more. Hold on, podcast. Can't believe I didn't name that podcast Fluff. That's usually what I do. Oh, did you put stuff? No, it was in a file that I made, which is inconsistent with the normal stew rhythm. But anyway, um, the caption that I have on this Word document that I put together to collect some of my thoughts and kind of direct the podcast is she is a real Proverbs 31 woman. Now, when you were looking for a woman, Brig, back before your lovely bride, back before the abundance of children, back before all that, did you not hear or think to yourself, I'd like a Proverbs 31 woman? Yes, we we even talked about it. I'm pretty sure on mm-hmm. this podcast. I don't think we went in depth. In depth. I'm fairly in depth. confident we did. Yeah, I don't think we went. But I remember, like you know, it doesn't matter what pastor you are, but if you're telling somebody about a woman, or if a guy asks you, you know, what kind of woman? Shoot, to look you for, don't even have to be a pastor. Yeah, no, no, no. It's like the most churchy thing that you can say is, "Oh, she's nice," but is she a Proverbs 31 woman? And it's like, oh, get that's, yourself a good, one, that's a good question, you know. So just, just to kind of start us off here, what are some common ideas? Here are some common ideas of what Proverbs 31 is about. Now, none of these that I have listed are wrong necessarily, but most Christians have read Proverbs 31. If you are not a Christian, you might have read Proverbs 31. And if you haven't read Proverbs 31, Christian or not Christian, you should. You will hear it in this podcast. So we will we will read it through. Um, but for those of you that have read it, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways that you can interpret Proverbs 31. Now, first off, it is a Proverbs, book of Proverbs. Most of it was written by King Solomon. Um, and what is Proverbs 31 about? Is it about a woman? Maybe. Is it about a virtuous woman? Probably. Okay. Is it about the uh, a desirable woman for a wife? You know, like uh, like if you're a guy looking for a woman, and you're like, I would like a good wife. I want a Christian wife, and she needs to be a Proverbs 31 wife. Does she, you know, there's, there's that aspect also. You know, so it's like, you know, when you read Proverbs 31... It's talking about, at least it sounds like anyway, it's talking about a woman here. And it is, it is, I think it is anyway. Um, but it's like, it's like, a, it's like a, a manual for how women are supposed to be. And we will dig into that more. As, anyway, uh, now, is it talking about the type of woman a Christian man should desire, look for, and a wife to be? Maybe so. Um, is it what a Christian woman slash wife should strive to be? Or is it deeper than that? Is it actually talking about a woman? Is it actually talking about a woman? Maybe. Is this a manual for women to refer, uh, to refer to? Or for men to refer to? Is this a manual for women to aspire to? Or for men to find in a woman? Ha <laughs> <laughs> well, All I'm saying is that everybody talks about Proverbs 31. And we're going to dig into it to figure out what it's talking about. The last question is, common ideas, is, is it actually talking about the church? Hmm. Maybe. Let's look and see. So first off, we're going to read Proverbs 31. And 
I'm actually just going to read it from the uh, uh, Blue Letter Bible. So this is not the Duck Commander, unfortunately, but this is an ESV. Um, ESV. Um, and we're going to read Proverbs 31. So I'm going to start off at the beginning. We'll read all the way through. There will be comments in the middle. Bear with me. Here we go. The word of the Lord. The words of King Lemuel. Proverbs 31.1. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and re- their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Uh, what does this have to do with the women, you ask? It doesn't. So that's something that I didn't necessarily understand but when somebody refers to proverbs 31 uh they nine times out of ten if not ten times out of ten they're not referring to the first one through nine verses of proverbs 31 they're referring to the rest of the chapter and they forget that this is in here and so um yeah so this actually brings up a couple of questions uh whoa there's more to proverbs 31 than just a good woman talk Okay, who is this Lemuel dude? And what or where was he king over? So, yeah, there's a couple of questions involved here. And I was like, you know, when I was reading through this to study up, I was just like, dude, who the heck is Lemuel? And what was he king of? So I actually... UL was king of Proverbs. (laughs) That's right. So I actually looked this up. In the great land of 31. I'll be honest, I didn't look this up. Too deeply or too far or too wide, but I got this on Got Questions, Your Questions, Biblical oh, Answers. Oh, so you looked it up shallow, did you? Yeah, this is got, gotquestions.org slash king-lemuel.html. Well, I got questions and I like All HTML. right, so let's read this. Answer, King Lemuel is mentioned as the author of Proverbs 31, at least of the first nine verses. Proverbs 31.1 introduces the section... This, the sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. So as Lemuel was growing up, his mother gave him sage advice, which he later arranged in poetic form and recorded for the ages. The whole process was supervised by the Holy Spirit, and the result was an inspired utterance, Holy Scripture. Okay, so uh, first thing here is it does say that it was in, it was kind of poetic, arranged in poetic form. And if we go back here, there's actually a footnote. Um, do, 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 do. And the footnote says, um, verses, oh, no, that's not part of the footnote. That's actually later. I'll come to that later. Don't, don't worry, but forget about that. Mm-hmm. Go back. Now, we don't know much about King Lemuel other than what is revealed in Proverbs 31. The name Lemuel means 
for God, which kind of makes sense, I guess, because El is God in Hebrew. So I guess Lem means or Lem, whatever, or it or devoted to God. Anyway, based on the one passage attributed to Lemuel, we know that Lemuel was a king. He had a wise mother and he wrote some poetry. Many commentators have surmised that Lemuel is actually King Solomon, in which case the mother would be Bathsheba. It could be that Lemuel was a pet name for Solomon, I guess, used uh, used by his mother in tender addresses, and that Solomon wrote down her advice in the manner she would have expressed it. Well, that does make sense, I guess. I guess. Another theory is that Lemuel... The plot twist is Bathsheba. Yeah, 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 really. That is the plot twist. Yeah, actually. Not to say that it couldn't happen. It's just... It's not the way I would have perceived all of that to go down. Yeah, no. Um, Another theory is that Lemuel is actually King Hezekiah. There's a reason why. I'll get to that later. I was about to say, I can't wait to hear that one. A third theory is that Lemuel and his mother are fictional characters created by Solomon as a picture of an ideal king and queen mother. Right. The counsel from King Lemuel's mother is good advice for any leader of men. She warns Lemuel not to fall into the trap of immorality. Chasing after women will sap king's strength. Um, then she warns her sons against the dangers of alcohol. A drunken king is never a good king. A ruler who craves beer and wine will pervert justice and act lawlessly. Finally, King Lemuel's lawlessly. lawlessly. Uh, finally, King Lemuel's mother instructs her son about the necessity of true justice. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. May the Lord grant us many rulers like King Lemuel who heed this advice of the Queen Mother on ruling well. Now, that Hezekiah part, let me let me, let me, let me, let me jump on that a little bit. So again, I didn't dig too terribly much, but I found this in Wikipedia. And Wikipedia. Yeah, wik 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 Wikipedia, Wikipedia. Anyway, um here it says uh, bah, 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 bah. It doesn't say that. Ah, here we go. Some modern modern scholars understand bleh as massa or masa. And when I say bleh, what I'm talking about it says at bleh. the beginning it says um um King Lemuel and uh you know an oracle or something from an oracle or whatever. And um, if you look at the actual Hebrew, um, I can actually go over here and go to tools. And this is on the first, the first verse, the, the word of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. Um, and here it says uh, the oracle or Hebrew lexicon word masa. Actually, I can actually should be actually uh, able to play this. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can get this. Strong's H forty eight fifty three. Masa. Masa. I don't know if it picked it up, but it basically Strong's H forty eight fifty three. Masa is the word oracle. And now let me continue here. Uh, some modern scholars understand Masa as a proper noun and not a word meaning vision or oracle or whatever, and render the first passage thus, the words of Lemuel, king of Masa or Assyria. Interesting. And I think that's where maybe King Hezekiah comes in. Anyway, those are the only thoughts that I had on that. Um, interesting. So that's who Lemuel might be. I don't know. This is 
the only like one through nine are the only places where it talks about King King Lemuel. And so there's like, eh, maybe it's actually a diminutive of Solomon. Um, I, it makes sense. I mean, as far as sounding it, you know, Solomon, Lemuel, ah, kind of close. Um, <laughs> but I mean, reading this, it's like, you know, hey, um, you know, it's kind of poetic. And uh, do not give your strength to women, your uh, your ways to those who destroy kings. So it's giving, it's giving motherly advice not to just any son, but like a, a king, a son who's going to be king or royalty or a leader, you know, uh, says wine is not for kings. Uh, wine and, is, and strong drink isn't for kings. And I don't think that it's saying there that, you know, stay away from it. I think it's saying don't give yourself over to it. Uh, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Okay. And so it's basically saying, be a good king and don't pervert the rights of those, you know, um, you know, those who can't protect themselves or those who can't defend themselves in your kingdom. Um, and, uh, yeah. And if you're, if you're always drunk on wine or, perversion or women or whatever then you know the first thing that's going to go is going to be the rights of the people as it goes the king's job will be definitely impacted what's interesting is that she goes on to actually describe what the alcohol is for though he says give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress so it's like hey if you're going through a hard time or if you're dying or you know, if you need to relieve pain or something, that's what the wine is for. Interesting, interesting. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Okay. Open your mouth for the mute, the rights of all who are de destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. So basically it's saying be a good king and here's some ways how to do it. Um, that's pretty cool. Now. We're going to continue on from there. I think that's everything that I had to say about that. Uh, we're going to continue on, and let's go. The woman who fears the Lord. Proverbs 31, 10. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax, and works with willing hands. She brings the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night, and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise, her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her door. Uh, she opens her hand to the poor, and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all the household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. 
and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her to the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Now, that is all of Proverbs 31. Okay. And there's a lot there. To there unpack. is a lot there. Like it doesn't unpack. sound like a lot, but it does. And it is. Yeah. Yeah. So let's like, there's a point where you, I, I didn't even no, go for it. There's go a point it. where you get lost in that because it is kind of poetic and mesmerizing. And as you get lost in it, it's you kind of start focusing on that in lieu of the actual context, if that makes sense. And it's mostly in, like I said, the way it was written, because I had to, like, keep turning myself back on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you're like, oh, this is nice. It's nice. Wait, hold on. This was important. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so let's actually go back to the beginning where I introduced us. And so some of those common ideas about what Proverbs 31 is about. And like I said, none of those are necessarily wrong. Um, but let's look at some of those and just see if they kind of stand up to what we were reading. So obviously there's a woman involved. Okay. At the beginning, it says an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. And then the rest of it is all about this woman. It's she, 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 she. So it's obviously talking about what? An excellent wife. So the wife is the point. So we're talking about a woman. Okay. So that is true. Is it a virtuous woman? Uh, yeah. Oftentimes, 31, Proverbs 31 is, well, let's see. Let's actually go down to the bottom. Um, let's see. Um, Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. So it's a woman that fears the Lord. It's a virtuous woman, you know, um, that's, that seems like it is what it, what it's talking about here. Right. And let's, 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 let's go through and, and, and see. So, um, well, actually before I can say that, um, is this the type of woman a Christian man should desire or look for in a wife? I would say yes. Okay. So. Obviously, an excellent wife is far more precious than jewels. I can, you know, firsthand knowledge here, okay? I've never been incredibly turned on by jewels, you know? But my goodness, you know, all a woman, all, she, all my wife has to do is give me a little bit of respect. I think the concept is of beauty altogether. Yeah, yeah. And... Jewels can only do so much. That's right. They're very pretty, but it's like at the bottom where it says um, charm is deceitful and beauty mm -hmm. is vain. Okay. So she's, so it starts off by saying, well, look, beauty is vain. And so, you know, she's far more precious than jewels because, oh, she might be beautiful, but she's a lot more than that. Right. Okay. So she's far more precious than jewels. Okay. Um, 
and the heart of her husband trusts in her. That is such an important part of a virtuous woman, wife, whatever. You know, Proverbs 31, woman right there. The heart of her husband trusts in her. And so, you know, that can mean so many different things. But primarily, let's think about, you know, one of the primary um, emotions that is felt between a man and a woman. Love and jealousy. Now, I have done an entire sermon. In fact, I even talked about, uh, talked, um, did an entire podcast about one of the names of God, which is jealousy. The Bible says his name is jealous. Okay. And so, you know, all that means is that I have a deep love for this woman, or in the woman's case, I have a deep love for this man. They are mine. They're nobody else's. I know them intimately. I know them better than anybody else. You know, um, I am one with them. Okay. And so, uh, when it says the heart of her husband trusts in her, that is so important for a husband to know beyond a doubt that he can trust his wife. You know, he doesn't need to worry about her running off with another man. Okay, there are wars that have been fought. There are men that have died. There have been, you know, armies of men who have died just because a woman, or just because a husband was jealous of his wife. Mm -hmm. You know, Maybe because she did something, maybe not even because she did anything wrong, but because he thought that she might have been, you know, wooing the heart of another man or thought that another guy was, you know, uh, trying to approach her or whatever, um, trying to win her graces or because she was actually going out and, um, you know, sharing her beauty with another man, sharing it with somebody who's not married to her, you know. Um, and so that, that, that really does, you know, like for me personally, I don't have any doubts at all. Zero, absolutely none, you know, about my relationship with my wife and her relationship with me. I don't have any doubts there. And that is a big load off of my mind, you know, because, you know, just you know, remember when you were like courting a woman or just like, you know, dating a girl. It's like, hey, I am interested in this woman. I've invested time in her. She's beautiful, you know, trying to get her to like me. And I want her to like me and only me. But if there's some other guy who's out there, you know, that is looking at this woman is like, oh, she's really good. You know, and if that woman even just looks at her, uh, looks at him the wrong way, it's like, hey. You're betraying my trust here, you know, or if some guy looks at her the wrong way, you're like, I'm going to go knock his block off, you know, and those are just normal emotions. Let's that say those feels. are both natural responses. Very natural responses, you know, because. As much as the world would like to tell you that is not the natural response, it is. Yeah, because that's, you know, that's one of the I things. I mean, it shows biblical principles, protection, exactly. you know, there's, there's, I even say long suffering. Yeah, yeah. There, there is there's aspects well, of that. It's that jealousy that God has, and that's where we get it. See, that, that's God's where I was trying not jealous. to say jealousy, because and nine times out of ten, I'll tell you, jealousy is not great. But the way God 
he utilizes it, it's beneficial. God is jealous. Exactly. is jealous. And so you know? we do have that, and it must be a good thing. We just never use it the right way. That That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, hey, we're going to take a break real uh, right quick, and we'll be right back. We are back. back. Okay, so we talked about the aspect of a wife where the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. Um, and I just, you know, just to reiterate, that's crazy important that a husband trusts his wife. You know, and you know, there's a lot of different areas you can trust sexually. You know, um, you want to make sure that you know your husband needs to know that your wife isn't looking at or going around with or putting your trust in other men and that he's kind of the, the focal point of her life. And uh, it needs to happen the other way around. And when you have that trust, it's, you know, it's a good world, you know? It's like, hey, everything's okay, you know, because we have that trust between each other. As soon as that trust is lost, it gets really hard, difficult, and mentally stressful, Okay, and that's, you know, relationships are easily broken over stuff like that. So anyway, let's keep going. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Okay. Um, well, that's pretty obvious. She, she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. Okay, so one of the things that a lot of people talk about as far as finding a woman goes is, does she have a servant's heart? And then when you ask, does she have a servant's heart? They'll often follow up with Proverbs 31 or something like that. Just because you can see a servant's heart in here, you know. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. So she's she's willing to do work. Right. She's not afraid of work. She's not shy of work, you know. And she brings money in to the family. It's something that, you know, um, anyway, she's always industrious. And when you look at a lot of the moms... You know, there's a lot of really good moms out there that are, you know, they're not out like, you know, working a full time job. They're not out making a whole bunch of money. You know, they're mostly doing stuff at home, but everything that they do is focused at the home or focused to the home. You know, you know, they'll even start like a little home business or something or work out of the home, you know, and they'll keep the home in line. They keep the home in order, but they're also finding little ways to make a little extra money just to make sure that her family has food, money, warmth, clothing, shelter, all those things. So she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. Okay. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. Okay. Uh, she rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portion and portions for her maidens. Man, I think about my mom and uh, hold on. Called it. What's that? Anchor is now Spotify for <laughs> podcasters. There you go. We still recording? Yes. Sweet. Well, there you go. Now you know. But I literally said that's what they're going to do next. Yeah, Brig was like, pointing at that. Two I was hours just like, ago. did we drop? Are we not recording anymore? And I was like, oh, wait. No, he just wanted me to read that. Okay, cool. Anyway. No, because that was something I had called like 
Yeah, you did. It's Spotify for... Yeah, it's been an hour. I'm like, they're going to change it. It's eventually going to be like Spotify for podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With no information. I just saw their HTML has changed now to yeah. Spotify. Yeah. So I'm like, they're going to be Spotify for podcasts before long. Sure, sure. And there it is. <laughs> um, Let's see. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. She is Sorry, like the ships of the it. merchant. She brings her food from afar. Okay. So she will go out to find good food. Okay, so my mom will do that all the time. Well, what I was saying earlier is, um, oh, oh, she rises while it is yet night, provides food for her households and portions for her maidens. So she makes sure that everybody in the household has sufficient food, needs, whatever, all their needs are met. And that's her husband, that's her kids, and that's everybody who's in the household. It could be servants, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, if you go back far enough, slaves, um, it could be guests that are under her roof, um, animals that are outside, inside, whatever. You know, when I think about my mom, man, she did that. She made sure that, you know, my dad had was fed, that all of us kids had food. When we had a dog, it had food. When the twins had fishes, she made sure that they were fed, you know. And, um, and then, like, man, talking about, you know, um and any guest rises had. rises while it is yet night my goodness do you know so all growing up mom would wake up to the drop of a pin okay and so if one of us started like just violently barfing or something because we were sick as kids get you know mom would be there within like a minute or two. That's a mother thing. I mean, she would Allie just be, does the same. Boom. Thing. She's right there with a bowl, you know, uh, a sponge spray, whatever, just to clean up the mess, you know, and then she just, you know, make sure that <laughs> bring, we're doing okay. She'd, you know, <laughs> grab you by the scruff of your neck and drag you downstairs to the bathroom. So you don't fill the bed with anything more, you know? Um, and then while you're down there whipping your cookies, she'd be up there cleaning your bed so that you can go sleep in it whenever you feel better. And then she'd go to the kitchen, you know, make you some tea or something like that. Find whatever medicines that you need at that moment, you know. And she would just make sure that you're okay. And she could not go back to sleep until you were back in bed. And Lord have mercy, if she heard you again, then she'd be right back again, you know. Um, and she was not that just that way with me, but with all of my siblings. And I have a bunch of siblings um and so yeah okay so she considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands she plants a vineyard so she's industrious she's like growing food she's like you know this land over here we could be doing something with that let's do it i mean you your know. mom did do that as well mom's outside <laughs> she's planting a garden they i had actually this, really y'all did have this like vacant spot in front yeah. of where the car set mm -hmm. for the longest time and then like i remember one year I'm calling, I called Todd, and this was actually the only time that I know that Todd ever consistently had his phone. Yeah. Uh, his cell phone. Yes. Man doesn't have a cell phone. Those don't, don't, don't exist in his world. And mostly because he doesn't want to be tracked down. That's yeah. really what a lot of it is. Yeah, I understand that. And, uh, and so he just, he just, hey, call me at the house and I'll get to you when it's on my time. Yeah. And, uh. But this year, I knew he had his phone because he was using it for a couple different big jobs that he was actually using. Like, 
I called him one day and I said, "Hey, what you doing?" Try to get him to go to lunch, and he said, "Oh, I'm, I'm building a garden." And you were like, "Huh? What?" Because hey, I know he doesn't have any room to garden. So yeah. when he said that, I'm going, "Whose garden are you building? What? What's it's going on? It's not yours. Yeah, it's not. We sure. both know it's not yours. <laughs> what? What are you building a garden for? You know?" And he's like, "Oh, the lions. They need a garden." And I'm going, "Where are they putting a garden?" Yeah. <laughs> Because at that time, like, it, my mind wasn't thinking y'all's yard is really as big. Because there's always cars there. Yeah. You know, so. A little bit like, of room in the backyard. Where where are they building? Okay, you know. Are you there now? And he's like, yeah. I said, I got to see this. So I just rode on over there. Yeah. And I saw the garden. And I was going, okay. I mean, that's. It's a garden. That's a it's garden. Looking really good. It's actually, yeah, that's actually really, you know, ingenious. Yeah, yeah. You're taking a lot of land and putting it in a little land and Very kind nice of vice raised versa. Beds yeah, going on here. The raised beds Speaking were. Speaking of that, I need to actually, you know, like rummage up some willpower and go over there and mend mom's garden because some of those boards are actually broken again. And we need to. That happens after time. It does. It does. They get old, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, your 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 mom has a wonderful garden. Yeah, and, and she likes it. She likes to tend it. You know, bring a little extra, save a little extra. She's thrifty. Oh, here she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. So says so she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. And you could take that a couple of ways. Like she strengthens herself and she makes her arms strong. Or when she dresses herself, she's strong when she does it because her arms are strong. I don't know. Um, or if you go to what we find, you know, more New Testament, the armor of God. Yep. That's, I believe. <clears throat> I think that's a precursor that. for really what it's getting at. Yeah, for sure. Because if you take it, the take the writer, you know, what, mm -hmm. what are we really talking about? You know, because if, if you're looking at what strength is especially from a military standpoint mm -hmm. you know it's your armor yeah and so, so if you look at this as a woman and a wife perspective then yeah some of these verses it's like how does that apply to to a, to a wife well I, really I look sure. at things like you know you go forth with the armor of god yeah and you gotta think mary she was right there at the foot of jesus oh, yeah. the whole time sure uh you know, Phil Robertson, he talks about, and I'm telling you, if anyone wants to or needs to or should praise a woman more, that man. Yeah, boy. He, if you know his story in and out, I mean, I've read all of his books. He's got all reason that Miss K should be his pride and joy. Oh, my God. She had yes. no reason whatsoever to even, like, continue talking to him, much less oh, have more children no. with him. My goodness. You no. know, and, uh, and, yeah. and that's his argument. She put is, up with you know, absolutely plenty. Women have a, a whole different amount of armor that they carry that we don't even know about. That is so true. And uh, and, and I agree with that. There's yeah. there's an amount of, of armor. You know, you look at people like Miss K, mm -hmm. who had no reason to continue fighting or put on her armor and keep going for yeah. that. You have Mary, who was at literally at the foot of Christ when he was going down. Yeah, it's true. And you can't tell me that that didn't take a certain amount of armor mm -hmm. or, 
you know, there, there wasn't her guarding herself and, and being able to actually, cause I mean, she's watching her child just die in front of her. Um, for sure. So I think, I think a lot of that, that strength that it talks about there is really that the same type of strength that yeah. is really echoed in the armor of God. For and, sure. Um, I like to see that in two different versions because, you know, New, new and Old Testament. Yeah, some new yeah, versions. yeah. I love to to see that because it gives us a reflection of this has always been that way. Yeah, yeah. Because I think a lot of times we get lost in that whole, well, that happened in the Old Testament or that happened in the New Testament. It's yeah. like, well, here's a good objective reason to believe it happened in both Testaments. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, maybe there the was armor no of God page. has always been the same. There was no page <laughs> in the Bible that ever said, this is the New Testament. Well, we added that, you know. This yeah, is the old, yeah, no, we, we added absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, know, it's you know, all so one book. At the end of the day, I mean, if you want to argue that, this is a really good, really good way to say, hey, that strength that's talked about in the armor of God, here it is. It's the same strength. Yeah, absolutely. About Proverbs 31. So here's a really good. Um, okay, so um, she perceives her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. Okay. Um, so that's interesting. So it's assuming that she's selling something. You know, her lamp doesn't go out, meaning that she's always watching. She's always Always vigilant. busy. She's always busy. Yeah. Uh, she yeah, opens her hand to the poor, reaches busy. her hands out to the needy, you know. Um, you hear about like in... Um, um, Timothy. Well, no, I was actually going to say... Okay. Um, I was actually going to say in Phil Robertson, he was talking about his mother. And the way that his mother was is it doesn't matter who you were. If you were at their house, you could be a vagabond. You could be about to rob the place. You could be a hobo <laughs> just jumped off of a train. You could be a naked kid just sitting there, never ever had clothes. It didn't matter who you were, but if you were at her house when she was making food, you will sit down and eat. <laughs> Everybody gets food, you know, and that's just the way his mom was. You know, if you were at the house when she made food, if you were in the vicinity on the property when she made food, you will come and eat because this is for you too. And that's just the way that she was. Um, and so I thought that that was really cool because it says she opens her hand to the poor. She reaches her hands out to the needy, you know. Um, she's not afraid of... Now, this is really cool here. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for her household are clothed in scarlet. Okay, so they're wearing decent clothes. She makes bed coverings for herself. She's making her own stuff. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband, Okay, so this is kind of neat. And then later it goes on... Um, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Okay. Um, strength and dignity are her clothing. Okay. So anyway, um, so back there is talking about making stuff. If you look at moms throughout the ages, mothers, women in general throughout the ages, a lot of them are the ones that do the, the, the knitting, the stitching, the clothing, you know, um, they, they do a lot of clothes making and my mom made a lot of clothes, you know, my sister knows how to sew. Some of my brothers and myself know how to sew. Um, you know, uh, all of my cousins, all, all of the women in my cousin's household, they also make their own clothing, and it's beautiful. 
and you can make some incredibly nice clothes if you know how to make it, you know. And so you can take some just cheap material and make something really fancy out of it just because you're industrious, you're caring for your household. And just like it says here, her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, so all of this to say, if we're talking about that beginning, is Proverbs 31 talking about a woman or a virtuous woman, a desirable woman for a wife, what man should look for? And I would think the answer is yes, but I think it's a lot deeper than that, a lot deeper than that. So, what is the church's relationship to Christ? It's his bride. It's his bride. Mm-hmm. It's exactly right. And so, if the church is Christ's bride, ooh, ooh. and this so Proverbs 31 going. is talking about an excellent wife who can find... Is this passage not talking about the church's relationship with Christ? I think that What's is a correct answer is I've too. Never thought about that. Yeah, that is yeah. Um, that's a moment in and which you have to step back and go, "Wow, wow, yeah, absolutely." Um, it's it's a wow moment because you still treat it the same way. You Nothing treat it the same way. Nothing changes, but what opens up is that I different people have different ideas here, but I've always called it the value moment. And it's where the moment of the cost and the moment of what you perceive the cost to be is different. Yeah. And what you see here is everything you knew previous was only a small point. So you know more now. Yes. You, know, you can think about it in a broader term, which means now you can take that Proverbs 31 in which we've really only been talking about as a woman. Yeah. And now we can make it the church. Yeah. And it actually has a lot more application. <laughs> you know, you now just broadened it. To it has a lot more application if, it, if you put the church in this context, too, because there's a couple of things here where it's like, okay, well, I suppose a woman might do that, but I don't know about a normal wife or whatever. But if you look at it in regards to the church, it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, you know? Um, and so... And it changes your perception. Yeah. And so what I was going to say is you could look at it as the church, and that is, it's definitely talking about the church here. But if it's talking about the church as the bride of Christ these are bridely things that it's talking about. So I think it applies to all women also, but that doesn't take anything away from what the church is supposed to do. And so what it, what I'm saying is that it applies to wives. Yes, but it applies to all members of the church, men included. So I found this on Christianity.com and it says, um, what does it mean to be a Proverbs 31 woman? And it's got a big list of things that are pretty much all the things that we've talked about here. Um, but uh, down at the bottom, at the bottom, at the bottom, it's it the says, says uh, the Christ in the church as the Proverbs 31 wife. Proverbs 31 describes an ideal woman, but also the ideal bride, the church. 
God created marriage to be a metaphor of Christ's relationship to the church, wrote John Piper. Okay. And we've said that so many times on this podcast, mm-hmm. time after time. Um, it's not a new concept. Marriage is a reflection of our relationship with Christ and his relationship with us. It is a marriage relationship. We are the church is the bride of Christ. Okay. So as such, the selfless, hardworking, considerate, pleasing woman of this Old Testament passage represents everyone who makes up the body of the Christian church. The union of man and woman in marriage contains a truth about Christ and the church, which is that God ordained a permanent union between his son and the church. Marriage between a man and the woman should reflect this. The man is the head, giving his life for the woman. Okay, the woman submits to the man who lays his life down for her. Human marriage is the copy, not the original. This is also from Piper. Okay, taken as a metaphor, Proverbs 31 is not simply describing wives and mothers, but also husbands and fathers, unmarried men and women, couples without children, and those who have survived their spouses. Anyone who calls himself or herself a Christian is a bride of Christ through the Spirit which unites the global church. Each person and each fellowship have responsibilities such as spreading the good reputation of the bridegroom and caring for the poor. Okay. Uh, Chad Ashby comments, the church ought to be characterized by a single-hearted devotion to her bridegroom, which is embodied by the Proverbs 31 woman. After all, John Gill reiterates, she is a woman actually married to Christ. So, thinking about all of that, how does that change this passage for you? Well, let me tell you how this changes this passage for me, is when you look at this passage, you think, okay, wow, these are all good things that women should definitely do. Yeah, well, these are things that we should be doing as men also, but as a church. So, think about your church and the church that you um that you go to or your the community of saints that you um that you commune with on a a semi-regular basis anyway where's your body of christ your local body that you're hanging with um you know these are things that you should be adding into that not because you necessarily have to but because in our relationship with Christ, we want to do as good as we can, you know. We want to uh, respect Christ um, in the way that he calls us to. And one way is, you know, it's talking about here what the perfect church should be, an excellent wife who can find is far more precious than jewels. We should be that for Christ, okay? The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. Think about Christ in his church, you know. Obviously, we're sinful and we're falling, okay, and Christ is who's redeeming us, but, you know, we should be trying to serve Christ out of love for him, you know, because we want to, not because we necessarily have to. We do it because we love him, because we have a new life in him, okay, so we should be wanting to do these things, and if we do that, if we focus our lives in our church you know, the, the lives of those in the church to him, then, you know, he will have better, quote, trust 
in his bride, which is us, you know. Um, and she does him good, not harm all the days of her life. Um, and so we should be, you know, lifting up the name of Jesus. Oh, here's a really good one down here below. Um, she opens her mouth with, with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. The church should definitely be doing that. Okay. Um, all too often the church is very lacking of wisdom. Uh, let's see. Where, where does it go? Where, where, where did it go? Let's see. Hold on. Um, oh, here we go. This is one that I didn't actually read yet. This is Proverbs 31, 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Okay. And one thing that that is saying is it's, it's showing the status of the husband versus the wife. He is known in the gates. He's known in the elders of the area. You know, he's out there. He's kind of the political mover and shaker. He's talking to all the people, you know, organizing and, you know, understanding what's going on. It's kind of it's kind of like, you know, it's not always the case. You know, oftentimes a lot of women are involved in politics. But in my family, in my cousin's family, and in the family that I'm creating with my wife, you know, definitely the men are the ones that are really political minded. The women are just kind of like, you know, I'd rather not deal with that. You know, that's what I got a husband for, you know. Um, and so oftentimes that's the case. I'm not saying always, you know, often some of the women that I've met are just like, you know, they will they will tell you exactly what's going on in this country and what needs to happen. And they're just the most incredible. You're just like, wow, woman, I wish more people would listen to you, you know, Um but that's not really the case in our family. My dad has more than enough words about politics for everybody combined. Um, and that's kind of the way I definitely am in uh, the family that I'm having with my wife. Um, but anyway, he is known in the gates. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Okay. Um, and so you can just kind of see, you can see where where he sits and where she sits and basically you know she's wanting to make a good name for her husband you know and uh she wants him to be respected among the elders of the land you know and um i guess i could have had some more words about that but uh, i guess i don't but yeah there there you go um Let's see. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also. And he praises her. That is so... Like, when I think about my mother... I was about to say, that's so missing in today's culture. When I think about my mother, that is just, like, so true. When I think about my grandmother, it's very true also. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. You know? Um, Many women, women have done exceedingly, but you surpass them all. Now... There's a lot of women that just like, you know, they have low self-confidence and stuff like that. You know, they're just like, you know, I'll never be perfect. You know, they're always Mm -hmm. second guessing themselves. They don't think they're really enough. And it's very simple and it's very easy, you know, um, to do well. You just really have to trust in God and follow him and love him and hold him as a forefront of your life. And all these other things will fall into it. You know, this Proverbs 31 woman stuff. 
you know, it's not, these are not things that you necessarily have to do, but out of love and respect for your husband, uh, out of love and respect for Christ, a lot of these things will just come. They will just come. You're, you, you will have a renewed heart in Christ and you will want to do these things, especially when you have kids running around and you got to look after them and stuff like that. My wife is very pregnant. Um, we do not have a baby, you know, squirming around yet. There's a lot of kicks inside the womb, but, um, she's already like her, her mom is just like coming in full. She's like, so ready to be a mom. She's just going to really fit that role so well. And she's already doing it. And I'm just like, honey, we're halfway through the pregnancy. We like have so much time between now and when the baby is actually going to come, I mean, we've got time to think about this. And she's like, no, no, we don't. You know, we need all these things in here. We need this here. We need to think about this. And we this need it now. We need it now. And I'm like, I don't, I shouldn't really be discouraging her in this because she's right. We do need to do this. And she's on top of it. And I'm going to be really upset you know, you know, if we get really close to it and don't have these things. What I have out. to say, and this is experience talking here just go with the flow because that's right i am the perfect one to be prepared i am a preparedness person yeah whereas Alyssa is captain let's wait till the last moment (laughs) um and what i can say is during each pregnancy that i've been around for uh that has sped up Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's been a, there's been a, we've, we've been closer than ever on when things should happen because I'm, like I said, I'm prepared. Yeah. She's way to the last moment. So we like cross paths <laughs> at a certain point of, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a couple months where we're in agreement that should happen now. Yeah. And then we go back apart. So do it now. Don't yeah. wait. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're getting and the, it done and, and the thing real is there's quick. a natural there's a natural reason for that, you yeah, know, for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Her mom is coming on full and it is a good thing. It's a very good thing. and It's beautiful to look at. Beautiful yeah. To watch. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you're just nesting. Don't worry about it. Just no. I'm like, well, no, that's actually that's preparation. Yeah. You know, and on top hey, of preparation, we need to take a break here um, and uh, we'll be we'll be right back. We are back. We've just been spending time talking about funny hand things. Funny hand things. Yeah, apparently both of our dads have the same, exactly the same um, tendon trouble in the hand. I've always noticed, by the way, that your dad holds his hand like that. He does now. He he sure didn't used to. No, no, but I've noticed recently in the last couple years. And so I I, actually, next time I see your dad, I'm going to ask him, see his, I'm going to (laughs) do Very similar to what I did to my dad. Yeah, let me see, let me your, see hand. your hand. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just need to see. Don't ask questions. I just want to know, you know, because um, uh, I just learned. This is apparently something my dad has been dealing with. And, and so, you know, obviously pray for him and your dad as well, clearly. Okay. looks like the pronunciation is do. Do patrons. Do patrons or do, do patron. Yep. Do patron. That's what de, I thought. De Poitras, 
the patron, do patrons, do patron. I'm gonna call it the patron. Do yeah. patrons contraction syndrome is what yeah. it's called. Yeah, and it's when this type essentially the fascia, the 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 spot in between your tendons and your skin. Yeah. Um, subtract, contract, contract. Really... Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the tendons in there, they pull in. They and atrophy. You can't, you can't close your hand all the way. You can't open your hand. Ah, that's what I meant. You can't open your hand all the way. Yeah. Yeah. I made a joke early in the week. I was like, well, dad's going to need pliers pretty quick. And my brother, who is equally as quick as I am, said, Brig, he can close them just fine. He just has problems opening them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay, fine. You know? <laughs> yeah. Way to ruin my moment. <laughs> Uh, that's what happens when you have a whole bunch of quick-witted people in the same room. Yeah, you yeah. know it's it's really difficult for all of us to remain without you know. We were giving each other a hard time in the office today. It was, it was pretty fun, you know. Uh, I'm usually quick with a pun or two or three or four or five or six. It's all fun and games until somebody pulls that knife out. You it's know? all it's all pun and games. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, well. Well, I don't. I don't really have anything else. Um, we have we have talked pretty thoroughly on Proverbs thirty one. Uh, at least as far as I can go, we can always talk more about it. I we think we probably will because it's motivated dig, me to dig one of these, any of these verses a little deeper, um, and just talk about how it can be used by the church, um, and uh, you know how can how we can use this these verses to to glorify God better. Um, and because obviously day, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've heard a couple of women, people, whoever they'll, they'll talk about Proverbs 31 and they're saying, you know, they'll say, well, what it is, is it's, it's telling the church how to be towards Christ. It's reflection of the church. And they're like, yes, that is exactly what it is, you know. Well, I and, can't argue with and that. And I'm like, that is very true. But after reading this through, my conclusion is that it's not talking about the church specifically. I think that it is definitely talking about the church. But if it's talking about the way the church should be to Christ, it's exactly the same way that a woman should be to her husband because it's the exact same reflection there. And so... um, well, it's, it's like several things in scripture. You, yeah. you, you get, I cannot, and I, I, we've, we've said it so many times on the yeah. podcast, you know, um, and my dad, my dad, when he was, uh, cause my dad is now a, a minister. And so when, when he was, and this is, I, by the way, I, I loved it. This is the first time I had actually gotten to see my dad, uh, preach. So that was really cool going home and getting oh, to see that's that. That's awesome. That's a really uh, I was a preacher's kid very late in life. So yeah. <laughs> I don't have any young renegade stories. Well, the closest um, I heard him preachers at your wedding. Uh yeah, me too. And when when this came about, I'm going and I found out they do a live, so I'll probably be watching their lives oh, cool. a lot more via Facebook because this was this was really good. But something dad said, and he just kind of opened it up. And it, it was one of those like I thought it was kind of awkward. Not mm -hmm. gonna, and part of it may have just been because I know my dad, and so I was like, "This is gonna be either really weird or really interesting, or everybody's just gonna sit here for a couple seconds and wonder what's going on." Like those are the three. <laughs> those, those are, are the options. only three options those at this options. point. Um, 
And I did not go into it going, this is going to be the best sermon ever. You know, yeah. You always hold those kind of, like, you you do, but you always hold, like, reservations, I guess. For And and maybe it's just because of me, because I think, like, in in the manner of, like, what makes most statistical sense. But uh, we were... He he was talking about kind of time and mm-hmm. losing losing time, or as he put it, racing time. Yeah, and that was kind of his in outs of the sermon, and it was amazing, one of the best sermons I've probably ever heard. It was great, but he opened with this like honestly, it was close to two minutes where it was this awkward silence after he answered the question, and he did it intentionally. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a moment for him to talk. There's a moment for us to contemplate. Yeah, it's all it was. It was to the point where it made it awkward, but it's like, as I think about it more, we needed to feel that way. Yeah, We needed to be squirming with the thought. And he just, he pulled what I believe to be, because it didn't have any, he didn't ever use it again. He didn't read it. There was no contextual sense. He just threw a random verse out there and went, who read that today? Who's read that recently? Who's read that ever? That was not the wording, but that was kind of the momentum Mm -hmm. that he was setting in your mind. Yeah. And it was, I've read it. But who's read it with different eyes than I've read it? Yeah. And that's something we have to really think about is because I've read John 3.16 several times a year as long as I've been around. Whether it be just because I recite it to somebody or I read it. Sometimes I read it because... I need to read it. Yeah. But the thought is, every time you read it, it takes on a whole new life. Yeah. And that's not, that's not just John 3.16. That's not just Proverbs 31. It's because it's the living word of Christ. For sure. Everything that is in that book that's why I love. And some people would have different takes on this, but I love seeing that old man with a tattered Bible. And a lot of people would say, I love seeing that because it means he's used his Bible a lot, and it's it's worn. And Well, yeah, sure, I'll give you that. Yeah. He's used it a lot. But he's seen John 3.16... In more ways than I could even dream of. Because he's read it. Yeah. He probably hadn't just read it once. Maybe twice a year like I have. He's probably read it four times a week. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. Yeah. That page it's, is it's, that page is probably the frailest page in his Bible. Yeah. And it's it's one thing to read it and... But there's a point where you read it so what well, well, I was going to say is, is 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 one thing to read it it's another thing to dwell on it you know yeah 
And it's so good to just read it once, read it twice, read it a couple of times, look at the different angles, and then just sit there thinking about it, you know. And then you start seeing, you know, God will open up these, you know, kind of channels to other parts of the Bible and other areas of life where it just brings a new meaning, you know, a good meaning. To and me. I've never thought about that. No. You know, to, to, to the level, you know, I've always said, you know, you read a, a verse a hundred times, you may get the same thing. But then you read it a hundred and one, you get something different. I've always thought about it like that. But what I've never really thought about is how impactual that can be. Yeah. Because, like for me, I've read I've read Problem 31 a lot. There is not a point until today that I have ever correlated that to the way the church should be, view, see itself, and see other people, and people see it. I've never, that has never correlated with me. It's never resounded. It may have with other people. I'm 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 just I'm happy if it has, but it's never with me. Yeah. And what that sent to me was I haven't read Proverbs 31 enough times. Mhm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a point where you realize I haven't read this one enough times to get that out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I hadn't either. And I, I had to hear I don't it mean from a couple that in a mean places, way. Yeah, you know? I, I don't mean that in a mean way. But what what that speaks to me is, I need to spend more time in the Word. And mm-hmm. I think everyone could say that. Oh yeah, you know, I've I've met people with a tattered Bible that my favorite Bible couldn't dream of being. That would probably go. I don't read. I don't read my Bible enough. And I'm looking at them going, "Sir, if you don't read your Bible enough." I certainly don't read mine enough. <laughs> I don't deserve to be standing in your presence. Yeah. You know? Um, so for me, the takeaway for me is not only the message of Proverbs 31, but for me, the biggest takeaway of this today is I need to read that more. Yeah. yeah. And I think that goes with a lot of our Bible on a daily sure. basis. Um. And I would I would challenge everyone because I know I don't do it enough, and I do a podcast every other week at this point. So if I don't do it enough, I think everyone else probably doesn't do it enough either. Yeah, yeah and right. I would I would agree with that old guy who I've met several of them. It's not just one that I'm throwing out there, but that one, you know, specific one that I'm thinking of that did tell me one time that he hadn't read his Bible enough. Yeah. He had a Bible that literally had no cover on it. Because he's know. read it so many times. He's, he's read it so many he's times. always yeah. in the Word. And when those people put you to shame, you know. And I hadn't recalled that moment, because that happened many years ago. Um, I hadn't recalled that moment until today when I was listening to this and going... I should have taken that away from it years ago if I was reading it like I'd supposed to. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it put me in my place. I needed to hear that, you know, and sometimes there's a moment where... Every once in a while. You need that. That's right. You know? Um, So do you have anything else? I do not. I am empty right now. Empty? 
Yeah, empty of empty of everything on Proverbs thirty one. We could always dig into it a little. Oh, bit sounds more, like but... you need to read your Bible more. Oh, <laughs> I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. You know, I'm sure there have been books written on what we just talked on. Probably many. Like I volumes. Would, I would... <laughs> yeah, we we could probably find volumes. Yeah, on to it. try to expound on any part of Scripture in just an hour long site, buddy. There have been books written well, on just a verse. That's that's what I was telling you earlier, and I don't know that we were recording at the moment, but mm-hmm. um, over Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, Dad had asked us for that list of. Uh, it was it was basically here's a list to my Amazon wish list. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it was. It was like anybody who's ever gotten a um, an invitation to a like a baby registry. It's mm-hmm. like these are the things I want you to buy, so I don't have to. It works the same <laughs> way. It was it was that thing yeah. on a on a hey I am you know I'm a minister now and these are some things that I I need to advance my knowledge to help other people. Yeah. And I don't mind that at all. I don't mind baby showers. By the way, who anyone who just took that the wrong way, I realize that sounded really really dogmatic. No, uh, I don't mind baby registries at all because i i think anytime you can help someone else going yeah, through that sure. um i've been through it more than once and i can tell you every time you do anything that can help that situation you're amazing yeah for sure. um and and i think you know that's that's the way dad had envisioned that going so i, I just wanted to clear that up because yeah. the way i said that was well, very dogmatic <sighs> Uh, yes, he did send us a thing, but it was just to the me and my siblings. Yeah, and it was basically, hey, these are some things that will really advance me, and I really need that. And you know, Dad's just gone through a heart surgery. Other like, there's a lot going on. Yeah, and so I get it. I'm in a place in my life where I'm able to bless people. Yeah, and I can't ever pay back the blessings my parents you know ministers friends the people that have helped me the most i can never pay that back there's not so in the moments where someone says i need something uh, i even if i don't have it i'm the first to go i'll give it to you yeah because at that point it doesn't matter you know and he's doing it to bless other people He's yeah. not doing it just because, hey, I want a book. Uh, he needs that book. And so I bought I bought the book. And long story short, Dad showed me the book this week uh, when I went home. And I was like, I almost want to ask you if I can take the book home. But, you know, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, I just buy the book for myself at this point because uh, I bought it once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, joke jokes on me on that one. But I did like the book, so I'm going to buy the book. And then he showed me a collection of other books that other people have blessed him with. And I said, man, this is. And there's moments where I realize I don't have the collection of of books that I think I do. And then I, I really need more. Yeah. And uh, that was one of those moments where it's like, man, there's so much more I could do yeah. if I had these books. Yeah. And so uh, there will be new books coming to my library. <laughs> And nice. uh, and and uh, long story short, like Dad, I think it'll advance the podcast, and I think it'll it'll, if nothing else, help me, yeah, you know, stay in it more. So yeah, 
Uh, would you like to, uh, me to close you out in prayer? I would here? love that. That'd be fantastic. Let's do that. Lord, we, uh, we thank you for the podcast that we have. You know, it's, uh, it's grown a lot further than I would have imagined, um, at the inception of this that it would get to. And that has literally nothing to do with me. You know, it has everything to do with, uh, with what you have, you know, allowed us to bring forth to people. Just kind of, kind of like that book that I gave to Dad. You know, it wasn't my idea to give him that book. He wanted the book. I gave him the book, and it it advanced that. You know, whenever you give us ideas, whenever you give us, you know, certain things in our lives, it's it's not really for us to praise ourselves. It's, uh, you know, it's it's all for you. And at the end of the day. Uh, that is what we're living for. And we thank you for our listeners. We hope that everything that we go through and talk about will help our listeners in certain moments and times in their lives or just maybe in their everyday circumstances. We ask that you would guide, guard, and protect us as we go throughout our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. And with well, that, we will say adios. adios.